You're listening to Design Intercourse, conversations on art and design in the district. This episode of Design Intercourse is brought to you by Pivot Point, a boutique creative agency. Pivot Point integrates marketing, public relations, and digital media into exceptional campaigns and programs for associations and nonprofits. Visit www.wearepivotpoint.com to learn more. That's wearepivotpoint.com. Branding can be a complicated thing. Oftentimes, we think of only a logo, but it's far more than that. When we think of branding today, we need to consider signage, content, and even the environment. All these things help to convey what a company or organization's message is all about. In this episode, I talk with Greg Laviano and Mila Arasueno from Graphic, a branding and graphic agency in Old Town, Alexandria. We talk about their process and get an inside view on how they approach branding. Thanks for joining me. Course. Thanks, hey, for, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, I think a good place to start would be to introduce yourselves and just um, folks know we're going to talk about branding, but before we do so, just kind of give a little background about the two of you guys and what you do and your work relationship and all that stuff. Samila, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an art director at Graphic Communications and uh, I've been there for over 10 years. I love working there and I went to school here locally and uh, I work closely with Greg, as I mentioned, he's like my work husband. Uh, I hope he thinks the same as me, <laughs> but, um, and I'll pass it on to you, Greg. I'm Greg Laviano. I'm a partner and creative director at Graphic. I've been there for 26 years, which is pretty unheard of in our industry. Um, and just, we are a branding firm. We've kind of made our, made our stake in the ground there. and. Um, just excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. Well, so branding. Um, you know, I, I've heard, you know, a lot of people tell me they're like, well, I want to I want to find out if my process works or if it doesn't work or, you know, how are other people's process? You know, how do they go about designing a logo? And I guess maybe that's also a really good place to start is, you know, what is an ideal process do you guys think for, for like starting a logo, you know, mm-hmm. from the beginning after you've met with a client, you, you know, get your pencil out or not pencil, you know what I mean? Like, or no pencil or. Well, for us, a a logo isn't the brand or all of the brand. It's just a part of it. And the way we approach it, we've kind of learned that it's really much more of a process of of first, a a bit of strategy dive, really discovering like who our clients are, why are they doing this now? We always Mm -hmm. ask why. It's like, why, what's the reason you want to rebrand? And a lot of times we're either looking at a rebrand or a refresh for a, a client. Um, but it's getting to the heart of what's going to differentiate you. So we have a whole strategic approach that before the design team actually starts, we're mapping towards some business goals, which is really important for us. And it gives the creative team some direction. Mm-hmm. So it, because what branding and logos are probably like the most subjective part for any business. Um, I, I always say that it's your signature for your company. Mm-hmm. I would agree with the same. You know, um, when you say when people start at the logo as a branding, we kind of have to step back and many times sort of um, not educate, well, maybe a little educate, but just try to make them understand a brand is more than a logo, as Greg said. There's a lot of things that a brand encompasses. A logo is just a part of it. And sometimes you begin there and sometimes a company doesn't even want to touch their logo. So where do you begin, you know, if you can't touch your logo, so. You often hear like people say, oh, well, there's new leadership. That still really doesn't answer the why. That doesn't mean you need a new logo. No, because you've got new it, leadership. It doesn't, and it, you know, <clears throat> why does that leadership make a difference? You know, mm-hmm. we we were just talking to a client, and and it's the idea that you know, the why is about what's changed in your organization. 
What do you, is your promise different? Are you adding different value to a, a client or your, your audience that you haven't before? Mm-hmm. Could be a merger, mm-hmm. which is another reason that people tend to rebrand. But it's not about a person, it sh- or it shouldn't be, because it's got to live beyond that. And I think that's really important to kind of distinguish and get, get to the heart of what's going to make you guys different? How do we get to the core of who you are? Do you guys ever work on, say, like a, a new website design or something like that, where a client comes to you specifically for that, and then you've got this beautiful website, new website, and then you've got this really kind of clunky, old-school logo that, you know, needs some work? Mila's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because it happens. It it's happens. sort of a broken record, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's not very linear, the process. It's not like ideal client would come, like, I want a new logo, I want a new mm-hmm. website, new, new messaging. Blah, blah, I want blah. everything. I want you to do everything. Yeah, but they don't have the budget or they're not aware that they need that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they get sticker shock sometimes. But um, we've worked many times where we give them what their, their immediate need is, and then we can develop a case when Greg said the timing's right mm-hmm. and there's a real reason why they need to rebrand the logo and messaging or whatever you need. And so it's just really about timing. And, and you've probably through that process developed trust with them too. Right. Like they you can, build a relationship. They yeah. learn yeah. to like listen to you and, yeah. and instead of you being like the artifact maker, you're actually the conceptual mm-hmm. person to helping them make these decisions. And they see the return on investment and in what right. we've developed for them. So. Well, it's, it's really a, a business dive first, which is kind of funny. We, we really get into your business. I mean, we ask tough questions. Um, I, the other part of it that's interesting is our discovery process is between four and six weeks. We'll interview key stakeholders, whether they're internal or external, get people who, and we try to keep it um, anonymous so that you might not be the person in the room that wants to like voice your opinion mm-hmm. in front of the president. But if we hear those little cracks or, or fissures in your company or your culture, it really helps us kind of really unveil what is it about your company that, that needs to be addressed. Um, but the part of it that is really interesting, we'll come back to the client with, here's what we heard, um, and it may, you may or may not disagree with it, but this is just unbiased um, opinion. And our, I think our, our objectivity is what's really a value to a lot of organizations that are just too close to, you know, to really see the forest through the trees. Yeah. That's hard, though. I think a lot of clients are really, especially the smaller that you, that you get in a business, you're really super close to kind of everything that you're doing. And so when you bring a designer in on something, you know, I'm, I'm working with a client now who, you know, is really, he's got a good, um, a good sense of style. He's got a good sense of what he, he wants to have. He's just, and he also knows what he, he's not good at, which is being too close and hands and everything. And he said that to me, but he knows that. So, yeah. you know, that, and that's hard. And I can't be the person saying, oh, you should let go and let, you know, mm-hmm. so it's interesting. And so we've probably been courting for mm-hmm. you know I guess since October and there's been significant trust built and some nice projects that come out of it but you know he definitely pushes back and I push back and it's mm-hmm. just it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic yeah. um, and then we have those clients and all of us I feel like have these clients that you know they, they see all the work that you're doing and then you think everything's going well and then boom something's changed whether it's like a conversation they've had outside of the conversations that they've had with you or, you know, how do you guys, has that happened to you and how do you deal with that? Well, I have to say it, like a brand's always evolving. It's like a living organism, they say. You know, you can't just like create a brand and then 
Lucia, you know, you have to work with the team, the internal team, if they mm-hmm. have an internal design team, give them the tools needed so they can execute. Because, I mean, they come to us for big messaging, big design, but they're not going to come to us for, like, little boutique sort of design, like brochures or anything. That we, they, we can give them the tools to design for. And so sometimes they grow enough independence that they can do the tools themselves and they don't necessarily need us you know, all the time, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, a relationship you kind of have to check in, check out, you know, it's like constantly, you know, maybe they don't need us for some of these smaller projects, maybe for more of the bigger campaigns, you know. Well, I think that's graphics kind of evolved from pro- kind of like a boutique studio. I mean, that's really where we cut our teeth. We probably work with every museum at the Smithsonian at one point or another. And then when I was saying before about really focusing on brand, it's, it's kind of changed how we approach things. We're mm-hmm. We're less project-oriented. We're probably more account-oriented at this point. Um, And I think it's given us the opportunity to really have longer relationships with clients and really Mm -hmm. think about bigger picture, you know, goals for them. Uh, You know, we just had a client that in their RFP stated, oh, we want our logo and our brand to be a household name. (laughs) And we're like, hmm. It's a big order. (laughs) It's really not what your logo and your brand per se is going to achieve, you know, without putting a lot of money behind it. I mean, you know, it, you always hear, oh, I want to be Nike. I, want, I was going to say, I, think Target, yeah. think Nike. If you can do that for me, that's awesome. Think about the money And my budget is 3500 Right. That's, <laughs> if. That's not an, if. Yeah, it's not an achievable goal. It's, it's, it's just not realistic for, you know, what's the brand going to do for you? And you've yeah. got to, your brand has to have value to your customers. I mean, especially now with social media, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that a new logo is going to solve all that for you. Yeah. The logo to me is like just a small part of it. And if it can, it can if it can t- help you tell your story, you know, mm-hmm. I always tell our clients that that's a big win. If it opens the door to say, this is what we're about. And if, if both internal stakeholders, you know, if you're, if your company doesn't know how to talk about their company and that logo gives you that little nugget to kind of say, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. That's a big win. It may not do everything, you know, and I think that's why you have to think of a big picture. Mm-hmm. We don't. We used to present our our method in in the old days. A graphic was to put all the logos on a, just black and white on the table, turn them over one by one in silence. What do you like? But we really don't think that that's doing the logo justice, because then it's just a subjective yeah. call, right? Yeah. If you're thinking about what's the whole story that this logo is starting to help us tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing, I mean, Mila can talk to this too, but the other thing we do is after we've kind of gone through the strategy part of our our exercise with our clients, um, Hal, who's one of our our chief um, creative strategists, is a master at connecting it. So what what are we boiling this down to is sort of a mantra. And it's not really a tagline, it's more of the, what's that essence of it in, you know, three to five words that we can kind of say, this is your company. That's hard to do. It's really hard. That's a skill. But it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. But that gives our creatives something to march towards. So mm-hmm. it's really different. Say, I'll give you an example. Um, when we started working with um, EYA, which is a well-known developer in DC, they came to us and they, they came to our, our former leader, Judy, and said, should we name, rename our company? It's Aiken Young and Top. And she's like, oh, darling, I cannot take your money for that. <laughs> of course you should. <laughs> she's like, but you know, we really need to work on this, this whole strategy of who are you first? And so what's beautiful about it is, you know, we, we changed our name to EYA. Um, Hal wrote this wonderful tagline that's life within walking distance because it summed up what they were trying to create. And at one point, their, their president told us, when I look at a property now, a development, 
I take my business card out, and I get chills tell, telling this story always. He says, and if I can't create life within walking distance here, I walk away. And that's I think cool. that's just so you, the power yeah, of a brand. Of a brand. It works. When it works. And as a designer and as a creative, you kind of, you, you implemented that change for that person. You yeah. really impacted them yeah. in a way. That's pretty cool. And as part of our process, when we, we even start a logo, we've created a uh, creative brief because we want to take that subjectivity out of the logo. We want to build some parameters so the client doesn't go, oh, I don't like that because uh, I don't like color brown. Uh-huh. Well, we could have turned it purple if we noted in the creative brief they don't want these specific yeah. colors. What are the mandatories? So I think or that looking at your competition, sorry, and just like, who, who in your space has purple brown already? Mm-hmm. You know, looking at that. Looking, I think that's really important too because some of those decisions are made way before you look at the landscape, which mm-hmm. you'd think would be one of the first things you'd look and see who your competitors. Right. You know, it's like I've, you know, dealt with that as well, where yeah. it's like those decisions have already been made and then I'm brought on and it's like, kind of like I can't go back. Yeah. But then I can also point to them and say, look, these guys that are competing with you, they have the same colors, right. primary colors yeah. and secondary that's colors. Right. And you'd be surprised sometimes they haven't done that research themselves. So I yeah. think that's key. Like it's a, it's a creative brief for logos, mm-hmm. specifically for logos, not a creative brief. It's a different creative brief in terms of not brochure or a campaign. Mm-hmm. It has specific questions that we develop to help the creative staff develop logos and take that subjectivity out of it, as I mentioned, because there's nothing frustrating when you create, you spend hours, you know how you know hard oh, logos yeah. are. You can, it's like giving birth, and then, right? And, and I think, <laughs> and then, then, you know, talking about the subjective part of things, mm-hmm. as a designer, you know, you're, you're cra- if you're especially the one crafting it, mm-hmm. you, you start to fall, you know, we try things, right? We move things around, we push pixels, and then something finally locks into place. And then something goes off in us, and we're like, that's really exciting, I really think this is the one. And the client either doesn't see it, or they change it, or, so I think that's always a struggle, is like how to love what you're doing, but not fall so in love with the actual thing that you get blinded by, you know, the, the, goals, end, yeah. the end goals, yeah. and like, you know. So one of the things that I've, you know, been telling students and also myself, I t- you know, is is that, you know, it's okay to fall in love with those earlier, you know, I think that's a good part. Like, mm-hmm. that's okay for me to fall in love with it and for it not to be used. That's still a good piece. Mm-hmm. It's still something that was done. Mm-hmm. It's something that I can have pride in. It doesn't mean you have to throw it away or push mm-hmm. it away and never look at it. Um, you know, I, you learn something from all those. And, you know, time is never wasted. So it's interesting just to, you know, to hear about process and I think to be a smart designer, you always point back to sort of some business objective goals. So yeah. they don't take your work and they just base it on subjectivity. Mm-hmm. You have, you, you're a thinker, you think through, like you say, you look through the competitive space, you look at colors, uh, you ask who in, in the, on this table is going to be making the final decision. Because the last thing you want to do is have the marketing manager decide and then they take it to their CEO and the CEO shows it yeah. to their wife and they're like, yeah. I don't like that. And then it's like very it's it's you know we've thought this through and it's really important it's key well and even then even then it's can be hard i think it's less of a challenge but it's still mm-hmm. like for example um not too long ago i was working on a, a branding project and i realized that i needed you know stakeholder buy-in especially it was it's a small family-run business but it's large enough where they had a lot of people weighing in and so i got the two founders in the ta- you know at the table and we all started talking and i was able to really explain the thought behind each mm-hmm. one of these logos and and how much thinking i had done through what they've told me about the growth of their business 30 years you know what i mean so i've really put a lot of thought into it and i think that that you know if i just sent it via email 
they right. or let oh, someone else deliver never, it. Yeah. We never present creative. They they would have the never. But some people do ask you that. Just send that to me when you're no, done, yeah. and I'll talk. We just had that happen to us recently. Oh, yeah. We had a pres- big pitch presentation, and uh, a client we was we were going to go in person on Friday, and they said, "Could you send us a presentation on Thursday afternoon, or Thursday end of day?" And uh, our amounts <laughs> dropped. We're like, "What?" Uh, because yeah. we're working to the last minute. Yeah. I mean, and also, it's just like keys. Like you know, I would. Can I quote like Sam Shelton, my you professor? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was an intern working in Connecticut, and I remember staying up till three in the morning because he made me recut all these logo comps because they weren't perfect. And he told me like, you know, design is eighty percent presentation and twenty percent design. And I was like, what? But I get it. I mean, you can design something beautifully, but if it's horribly presented or like you said, mm-hmm. not with the right voiceover, mm-hmm. you know, your designs could be misinterpreted or. And Nathan, you brought up a good point. Like having the key stakeholders mm-hmm. at the table is critical for us. It's always a win or lose situation. Mm-hmm. For the most part, if you have a marketing director who says, I know what the CEO wants, and oh, then yeah. you get to the presentation, you go through a long process of, you know, here's all of our ideas, you whittle it down, and then suddenly there, there's a, a voice from behind the curtain. <laughs> it's like, yeah that's not what I was thinking. What were you thinking? You know, right. and it's... Oh, we don't want to rebrand. We want to completely... Make, See, and that's know. really key. Like, that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because that's for not just, you know, time wasting, but money. I mean, you can go back and say, well, you're going to have to pay us more. It's mm-hmm. about budgets at that yeah. point because we wasted already $20,000. Yeah. How are we going to recoup that if it's not written in some way, form, mm-hmm. documented? So we've learned our lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through, I mean, because otherwise it goes down back to the subjectivity. You can't take... You can't take subjectivity out of it, I mean, you, but you want to eliminate well, as, much as, so as much as possible. Yeah, can. yeah, it, it, yeah, and I, it just, it's, it's important. It's important to set yourself up for success because, yeah. and I think that younger designers or designers that are working alone or designers that don't really have that experience with working in a bigger group, um, and have, kind of, have been witness to like these these processes is, is knowing when to say to your client, I need to talk to you face to face, or I need to, you know, um, especially younger designers coming out of school, like they, they want to freelance, which I think is great, um, but they don't set themselves up, they don't have those conversations, they just, they, they somehow feel like, you know, they're kind of blessed to get work, so they don't argue with it, they don't kind of stand up and say, okay, you know, thanks for, for knocking sure. on my door, but here are the things that we really to be due diligent, here are the things that we need to talk about just so that we're on the same page and I give you the product that you want. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's a business. You won't, you want to deliver something good and it's well thought out. Well, and it's also a relationship. I think when I first I remember coming out of school and my first client meeting, I just put the paper in front of the client and I was pointing to this <laughs> color and why it's appropriate <laughs> yeah. and why this font's appropriate. Not even a hello, not even a Hey, let, let's talk yeah. first. You know, and yeah. I really learned that. You know, and that's what I really love about what I do now. It's, it's building those it's relationships. It's relationship building. Yeah, and it's, it's such a key part of it that you don't necessarily learn, learn in school. I hope you are when you're presenting, kind of thinking about that. But I don't know. I think that's a, a big it's hard. piece. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think it depends on you know, it depends on, you know, your instructors. It depends on what they're telling you. It depends on your willingness as a student to be a sponge, you know, or to be kind of like humble enough to listen and try to be open. Um, but it, it is, it is interesting. Um, and clients are, you know, and depending on how many accounts you're working on at a given time, you could be ended up, you know, these relationships, you could be dating 10 people at the same time. So yeah. then it's well, like, then emotions are all over the place. Some are needy, some are not, some are, <laughs> they need handholding, they need to be called at nine o'clock at night. You know, it's just a weird, you know, but 
that's why we do this, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why we do this. <laughs> or like uh, I was telling Greg, sometimes it's like therapeutic for the clients. So they don't know what their problem is, and we kind of help figure it out. Or we kind of figure so, out what the goals are. So It's so true, though, from a, from a, a psychological standpoint, too. Um, I have a, a client that I'm working on branding right now, and I think that they didn't realize how much we'd be talking about their business mm-hmm. and talking about exactly. what they want to see right. in their business and how they want to grow. And I think that they love coming here now. They're like, can we just come to the studio? And I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. Like, I'm willing to come to you too, but it's like, no, we just want to escape our, our environment and we want to come and we want to have, you know. Um, Collaboration. I think sometimes they, they like that. Absolutely. You know? They want to feel like they're yeah. part of it and mm-hmm. they, they should be part of it. That right. should be part of that. Yeah. You know, how early, let me ask you this, how early do you guys bring in a client into your process? Like, you know, well, it's, is it it's like in the very step? beginning. It's yeah. in the very beginning. Like, well, like I said before, stakeholder interviews, mm-hmm. we're asking you pretty tough questions. Um, not all tough, but just to get to the core of who you guys are. So they're involved, and we, we really cherish that involvement. You know, so you know, for people that just want a logo and a, and a design, that's probably we're not a good fit for that mm-hmm. because we do need to engage you and make sure we're getting the right information, the meaningful information. And it's not just, it's not just analysis. Then we have to kind of come back and say, here's what we heard. But from this, where does this take us next? Um, and then once we've kind of agreed on where we are, then we go to the creative brief and the creative team. Well, everybody's creative, but mm-hmm. the, the designers, the makers, you know, and say, okay, here's where we want to map towards. And it gives them direction to kind of go forward. Um, and then it's then it's a little messy, right? Because it's a creative process. It is. I mean, and that it is. And, and it's never it's never the same. It's not like you said. It's like it's not really always the, this, this beautiful packaged linear process. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've thought, okay, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. This is where it's going to go. <laughs> and then as soon as you get into the design part of it, it's like, yeah. oh, we didn't think of that or you know or some inspiration from from a, a play or a movie or or something happened in your life or in the shower all of a sudden makes you always think, yeah oh, oh this is where we should go mm-hmm. and it it it's not linear um, and that's the one thing we're not making as one of my partners says we're not making widgets you don't know when that idea is going to come but boy when it comes and it's right and it's the right idea that's our our mantra um, it's great. It's really exciting. And the more ideas you have on the table and the more you're talking about that stuff, the more that can inform these decisions that do just pop up because we are creative people. So we are thinking all the time about these things. It's just, we kind of need that food, you yeah. know, and that's what that is, is, mm-hmm. you know, those conversations. Yeah. I think that's cool. So how much of like logo design do you guys get down and like tinker with it? Or do you kind of like, at this point you're like strategic and, you know, kind of like. Now we do, we do the making, we okay. definitely do the making. Um, and it, it's, you know, a, we have a team of almost 41 now um, that's, you know, between account service, interactive, uh, brand, and just how you're going across all mediums. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like our team uh, collaboration is changing. You know, it used to be art director, writer, you know, designers. Now it's um, digital strategists that we Social bring in media. early on because um, they can think of ways that social campaigns could work within this identity. Um, a lot of times when we're presenting creative, like a visual identity, that's where we start. We're pitching some new ideas. Like Greg said, we'll think of, oh, wow, this would be really helpful, like an animation. And mm-hmm. they don't know that yet. And so a visual ID is just sort of um, a way to, this is the way we're going to express your brand. We, pl- we applied a few types of mediums. Um, we see if they like it. And then you know they start to decide what they want to execute on. Sometimes they have specific collateral deliverables that they need but sometimes they just want to see an expression and so we'll say okay this makes sense for this option or this option so and um 
I like to collaborate a lot. I, I like to uh, get in a conference room. I call it the war room, and we're in there for like five days. <laughs> and designers <laughs> are like suffering. They're like, can we leave? Can we take bathroom breaks? <laughs> I'm like, maybe, okay. But one I, at a time. <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> and um, I'll give them hall passes. But, um, but I also buy snacks. I like make it enjoyable because I think in, it's important to build a trust with designers. Mm-hmm. It feels like they can let their guard down and so they can – they can brainstorm freely and not feel like, oh, I think this is a stupid idea. It's like, this is a time to just spit out all the ideas you can. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, do, we, we just indul- like we just go into ton research mode for the first two days because we need to figure out what the client is all about because you know we've got brought into the process after strategy team has sort of uh, boiled down what this client needs, the brand, and then we've got to go into creative, but in order to get be inspired, we have to know what you know what they're about what they do what their competitors are doing like the brief can only tell us so much but i mean so i call them like war rooms it's not painful it's just no i actually think it's, it's fun <laughs> it's important to have play and a kind of optimism in your organi- organization we just came back from the one show um creative directors retreat mm-hmm. and uh the ecd from 72 and 70 sunny talked about uh, optimism and how that plays a part in your culture I think that's, you know, I think sometimes people think we're a little cavalier mm-hmm. in the way we approach something, but it's important to kind of just keep that inspiration and that, that mix between play, research, um, and, and a sense that, you know, having fun with the work mm-hmm. and having fun with your clients is really important. Um, so I think, you know, Mila and I both have that similar optimism, which I think right. is why we're a good team. I mean, it's stressful. It's, it's stressful sometimes. I'm not going to Well, it's work. You. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. designers I mean, it is a their, business. Yeah, they want to pull their hair out, but I want to try to make it as fun as possible. And yeah. the great thing about graphic is we have a really nice work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, we stay late, but rarely do we. I mean, people go home and work. It's like we value that importance of balance mm-hmm. in your life because we're not, well, it's not like, a, yeah, I'm not chaining them to a desk yeah. or anything like that. So Well, it's hard because, I mean, when you're in the creative <laughs> process, you, ha- you, have to, you have to get away from it, right? You have to... It's like quality blocks of time, especially for makers. You know, mm-hmm. makers need like three to four hours. Then you have to iterate and get away. You do, you, yeah. I mean, that's why you see pool tables in offices and you know yeah. basketball hoops and things like that. Um, but I think it's that getting or away, coming back, and <laughs> and that iterating that really makes for something special. Yeah, I think breaks. I totally live by breaks. I love it. Like I set myself <laughs> goals, and I'm like, well, that was an awesome email. Okay, I'm gonna watch a half hour show. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go to happy hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, but then again, you know, I also think about stuff over the weekend. I think of stuff at late at night. Sometimes, you know, depending on what's going on, I may wake up at four in the morning and spend an hour jotting down ideas and then go back to sleep. You know, so yeah. it's it's a weird thing. It's like it's not like it's a nine to five. You know, do you and dream about work? Because I I, I, can't, I talk in my sleep. Like, yeah, sometimes. And if it's a layout, <laughs> I've had layout dreams where it's like I'm like laying right. stuff out. It becomes, it becomes obsessive. But it is because it is. but you love what you do. It's you very do. satisfying. Yeah. Very satisfying. Exactly. <laughs> I dream about laundry because I didn't get to it because I was. See, something. it's those things too. It's all of that stuff mowing the lawn. You know, everything has. You know, it, it's all. It's all part of what we do. Huh. So, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think um, you know, branding is a tough one because it's not. It's not. Um, it's not just one piece. You know, it's not like um, like you were saying. It's not like a poster or a brochure or you know. Um, Sometimes it's what people say about the brand, too, yeah. that informs it's the brand. It's the messaging. It's helping yeah. them come up with the words. What are you actually saying about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and getting them to think about it. 
And it's so important for people in your organization to know how to speak about your company. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people are like, oh, we do this. And, you know, the next person in the company says, no, we do this, you know. So I think organizing that and having that elevator speech is really important. Uh, and knowing what you kind of stand for is really, especially today, is really important. And do you find that that also, even for yourselves, is that like kind of a, a you know, ever evolving? Like, I feel like today, I feel like I'm also revisiting how I'm doing things and how I'm saying things every six months, oh, if yeah. not sooner. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, maybe the front page of my website is not <laughs> speaking the best to what I really know it should be. And so it's like constantly. Gra- graphics been evolving, I mean, constantly evolving. I mean, it's the only way to stay alive in this industry, which is changing so much. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we've, we've had, I think, nine or 12 new employees. Um, it's weird that I can't even tell you that. And- I got but, uh, Greg into Snapchat too. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> the other day. Oh, nice. I'm trying to get. That can him be too. dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. I, I had a friend that was sending. I, we had uh, actually we had some new employees. We took them out to lunch to talk about what are you using, how are you com- communicating, um, and they were like Snapchat. I was like Snapchat. Okay. What? So I downloaded it and probably for a month didn't look at it, and then a friend of mine who had formerly worked with, she was one of our clients, started sending me pictures. I'm like, what is this shit? I'm like, what, why are you, I, what is this? So finally, like, we've been he starting to have a lot of fun with it. Now yeah. he sends me Snapchats. But I think that's nice. the way our culture's changed. You know, looking at, at, should our social media be at the table while we're brainstorming? Should our, yeah. our digital strategists be at the table? And I think having, and our, you know, our developers as well, mm-hmm. instead of thinking, okay, it's a designer and art director, we'll solve, the, the miracle, you know, message and design, and mm-hmm. then then tell everyone we've really changed our. It's kind of like yeah, and, and I totally agree with that because um, I think even having them be in the room just to hear what's going on. There, so often I've been in situations where they are present and they can just spit something out and be like, "Hey, I just saw this," or like you know, and it really informs, and it becomes exciting because then it's not something that you maybe already knowing, and there's an opportunity for you to find out and be curious about how something else is working, which I think is, is a cool thing. Yeah. It keeps all, it moving. Yeah, it's like, to me, it's connecting the dots. So yeah. the different uh, perspectives or experiences or knowledge about something, you can connect the dots faster. And mm-hmm. if you're in a room, it's just easier to like collaborate and brainstorm. You don't have to be like, okay, let's meet on this two hours later or next day. And then, you know, timing is always important too. It's key. Hmm. Have you guys... Um, have you guys ever had a, a project, and you don't have to name names, um, but and you may not have a situation like this, but have you ever had a project that just fell apart and it just wasn't something that from the get-go wasn't going well and you just had to kind of say, this isn't for us or we can't do this or, and, and then if so, like how did you feel about that? Because that's hard as a creative to well, like not make something work. I you know, that's what we want to do. Nathan, you kind of, you, you asked before like, how you're evolving part of our growing our learning is like what's the right fit for graphic what's the right client structure you know and we're i think we've learned like when we don't have the right people at the table that's a challenge and sometimes a, a sign for maybe this isn't the right client for us um, we've had identity projects where it's been about design only and without the strategy component and then it becomes this objective you know cluster and it's just not worked out well for us that way. And, and so, you know, as we evolve and we learn, we, we learn what questions we need to ask up front to kind of, so that we're selective too and say, okay, we would love to work with you, but this is probably not going to be a successful effort. And you can kind of start to tell that as you've experienced the, the pitfalls of, mm-hmm. you know, logos that are just kind of 
not you know focused on a particular thing or or clients that just are looking for a quick fix so I think you know we've we learn and evolve and mm -hmm. grow from that. Yeah, there's definitely signs in the beginning, even in the RFP. You're like, oh, okay, this is not going to be a good match. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you never know. So. Well, it's like it's like I was saying. It's like sometimes RFPs, the, their the language that they put together is either because they're either not used to putting an RFP right. together, or they don't have someone dedicated to that kind of stuff, or. So I always wonder, like, when I see crazy things, I'm like, well, what do they really mean? They don't ex really expect me to, like, yeah. do this. And right. I'm like, you know, I don't do manicures. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but that's in there. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, you know, do you just talk them through that? Do yeah, you, like, I always ask questions if, if um, we're working on putting together a pitch or a presentation or following up an RFP. I rarely just put together one without calling the person. It's, it's all about asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. So you can really figure out, is this the right match? Mm -hmm. Like you said, we're going to start dating. Is this, mm -hmm. You guys are asked questions, you, gotta, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure out if, like, this I is I think compatible. another way to answer that is we had we have a client, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and we worked with them for, oh, my God. Um, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, and they had a, a dated logo. Um, we had always been asking, isn't it time to revisit <laughs> this? Um, and they're like, no, absolutely not. I mean, they're, they're a great organization. Everyone recognizes it. <laughs> oh, well, that, the equity in it. Right. But mm -hmm. plus, they, they didn't want to go down any kind of path that was, you know, they, they were working to, and still are working to cure cystic fibrosis, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the money they spend From has always been yeah. very much about, you know, is it necessary? Is it needed? Well, they had a, they had a medical breakthrough. And at that point, it really extended the lifespan of people living with cystic fibrosis. Um, and we were like, okay, if ever a time there was to rebrand, getting back to the why, Yeah, this is the time. Mm -hmm. And so from there, we kind of worked with them on their mantra, um, which started as hope in action, which still is, but we came up with the mantra, um, uh, adding tomorrows. And just this idea that that is where, what they're focusing on in ne their next track for the organization. So it was a real game changer, right? And from there, we rebranded them and new logo. Uh, but it was a, a reason to do it that they bought into. Mm -hmm. But we had a relationship with them for the 10 years before. Mm -hmm. And I think that partnership is always something in a branding firm we're it's, always looking for, which yeah. is really And it's different. valuable. And yeah. it's hard. I mean, it's, I think to have a relationship that long and to, you know, you've gone through some stuff. You've seen their business change. They've seen your business change. They've, you know, and I think that that stuff is valuable. And people, clients, they like that. They they do respond to that. They they like to have that. There's a comfort in that. I think branding has gone from a word that's like oh everybody talks about that, but now people see that as a real business differentiator. Mm -hmm. And I think you know having clients that call you their partner instead of their vendor mm -hmm. is a big distinction yeah. that we we always look for and try to make sure we're finding that right fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, last question before we wrap up. Um, what would you guys what kind of advice would you guys have if you had any that would that's kind of like for someone who is um you know looking to either change what they're doing and go get in, more into branding um you know what are some steps and that might be a big question but like what what could be some of the steps that they could take you know especially if they're not involved in like logo design or branding design at all um what are some things that they could do to or what should they be doing like if somebody wanted to come to, to you guys and get a job and they have zero, I don't have even one logo, but I have like awesome websites, but I want to do more branding. Well, there's a lot of great literature that talks about branding um, that you could read. Um, is it made to stick? Is 
that the one book well there's uh, like I said there's like mm-hmm. tons of uh, uh, books um, I also think that branding like uh, Greg was saying is just everywhere so you, it's almost like inevitable that you probably should be like a lot of the I, I interview a lot of interns and so their portfolio is all about branding like a lot of you know I've interviewed students from George Mason and Corcoran and their portfolio really shows like a project and the legs and the thinking behind it because to me that would be important not just a logo mm-hmm. how would it apply if you're design, redesigning or rebranding a yeah. Yeah, restaurant how does it apply to pr- the product and mm-hmm. the the rest of the experience and social media, what would your, you know, it's just thinking big picture. And mm-hmm. um, so I would think I would start that way. Um, and Systems, also, yeah. Yeah, and reading, like I said, mentioned, um, it's really important. Yeah, I think informing yourself and getting out in the industry, whether it's, you know, reading more or participating in conferences and mm-hmm. whatnot, I think are really important. I think if you put it in context of an interview, the difference for me is when a designer comes in and starts to talk about design elements versus the system, why I made these choices, mm-hmm. what's the story I'm telling. It's really, I mean, and you can be a really talented designer, but if they don't, they're not speaking from that perspective, it's like, you're gonna be a designer at Graphic. You're not gonna really probably move up as quickly as you could. And I think we look for the people that, that have that sort of relationship, business acumen that's just a little bit different than, I, I did this, because it's creative mm-hmm. and I, I grew. For the sake of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's a big difference that we kind of are always looking for. Mm-hmm. I, also think, I also think your idea, I mean, if, you come, if you're working in a brand team, it's, you're not just owning the, the creative all by yourself. You're informing an interactive designer then to take your brand system, your identity, and apply it to the web. You know, it's like you've got to be able to work as a team and share your ideas and build from them. So I think that's also key. Yeah, because that, that gets back to often what we're doing isn't one project, it's multiple things in tandem and so you know we have AEs they they never present the work without us Um, but they're there to really make sure that everything's running on track because you've got a website and identity you know the the collateral suite the social media part and it all has to deliver at that launch then Mm -hmm. you have to think about what is that launch Mm -hmm. why are we doing it where is it going to be we're not an event planning company but we definitely influence you know or work with event planning companies to make that experience like valuable. Well, it makes sense because when you're revealing something or putting something out there, you want to make sure that the timing is perfect. I mean, everything's about timing now. So how can you leverage it based on what's going on or. And I'd also add, just take, take notice some of these really great brands and see how they're branding. Yeah. Experience it. Like it may be there. It's so, they do it so seamlessly. Like you don't even notice, but I mean, some of these, when you can feel it and like, you know, that's, that's a really good, and I think that's a good idea. And I think, you know, uh, to both of your points and to Greg to yours about reading I think you know I think you guys like it's so true to people don't really take the time to read about design and design thinking mm-hmm. and I think that we're so it's so easy and I'm guilty of it too we're so e- it's so easy just to go online and look at something but the difference between something that's printed in a magazine um, you know whether it's print or Harvard Business Review or Fast Company um, you know those things are edited they've been looked over, they've, you know, that content has been scrubbed and it's like presented to you in a really professional way. And blogs aren't always, they're just kind of, you know, they could be really well done. But um, I also think, you know, what I, what I tell students is like, pick up like design essay books, you know, mm-hmm. books on just essays right. of other designers talking about their process. Because in a really quick, you know, one or two pages, you can start to understand how someone's thinking about something. And a lot of times that can be confirmation of how you're doing something or 
it could be something like, you know, I, I'm not realizing, I haven't realized this yet, let me try it, let me put that into my, make that part of my own process. Well, we, But I think reading in general is just really good. And we do ourselves a disservice when we look at websites that are like, oh, what do you think about the new Fios logo? Yes. Or, oh or Verizon God. logo, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's not always, grand. some do, do it well. Mm-hmm. If you've got the background and the context, mm-hmm. but some aren't looking at the system, why this was created. Well, and they haven't been in those meetings. Yeah. They don't know why those decisions were made. So, so just to comment, and I've been asked to comment on logos before, you know, mm-hmm. even in our company, it's like, well, do we really know what the backstory is? Do mm-hmm. we know how this is going to play out? Yeah. So I think it's a danger just is to say. Is it appropriate to like make comments? Yeah. yeah. Do you like the check on the Verizon logo or not? But when yeah. you see how they start to work it out, yeah. it's a different story. But I, I I'll just talk think politics first. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Wait, so I remember the book. It was called Made to Stick. It's actually a really good book that uh, our Hal gave to us and and we started for a while giving it to all new employees because we thought it was really important that mm-hmm. they learn about branding because you, you you know people have different ideas of branding and if they're going to work at graphic that we're all on the same page so yeah and like the latest thing we've been doing recently is going to um schools and teaching branding like very elementary level but it's fun it's that's just really like, cool you know just yeah. getting people understand what branding's really yeah. about and that i would say that's probably the key thing to if you want to get into the to branding and also finding a mentor mm-hmm. would be Helpful. That's a that's mm-hmm. a good that's a good point as well. Mm-hmm. So made to stick is the it's, book. Mm-hmm. It's a really I'm, gonna, book. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Mila, Greg, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having oh, yeah, us. Yeah, this, this is great. It's a good conversation. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, maybe we'll do a part two. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. 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 We hope you enjoyed this episode of Design Intercourse. Please send us your questions and comments at studio at designintercourse.com. We'd love to hear from you. 